0: Yeah, I was yeah. thinking of all these things today of like, oh, we should talk about this. Well, today. I have some say, you
1: know. I have some questions for you, some things I've been thinking about and wondering about and wanting to revisit. Okay. So, maybe we should start there. Yeah. Let's all go. Right. Oh, maybe we should introduce ourselves or introduce the podcast. Yes. I'm Teo Burkhart. I'm Brian Rose, and this is slouching Towards in light. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that came really naturally. <laughs> Stop okay, um, so so I want to revisit some of the things we had talked about in the four day course because mm-hmm. when you learn to meditate, you take a four day course with you or whomever mm-hmm. the teacher is, and
0: there's a lot of info in that course. There's
1: a ton of information. <clears throat> yeah, you really cover a lot and pretty yeah. quickly. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I'd love to revisit is you had told me about. So the the entire practice is Vedic meditation is based upon the Vedas.
0: It's, it's, I would say it's a product of the Vedas. Okay. And the Vedas are scriptures or, and or, a series of, or groups of cognitions that have been recorded, recorded in hymns, Mm -hmm. recorded as mythos. Um, there's different branches. We can look at the, the Veda, like a huge oak tree. Okay. And there's all these different branches to it. Um, you know, uh, Rig Veda, Donner Veda, uh, Yajur Veda, all these branches come out and they deal with different things. So the Veda has something to say about everything.
1: Okay. <clears throat> And so, what era are these from? What I we don't have to have ears, well, it ears, depends on but... who you ask. Okay,
0: if you if you asked Indians, they would probably say ten thousand years ago. Okay, you know that was like the height of the Vedic culture. Culture was ten thousand years ago, but it, it's hard for Westerners to wrap their heads around that. Right. Um, so there's some like if you look at Wikipedia, it'll completely disagree with the Swamis in India on how old some of these things are, or what my my teacher and his teacher. Who do
1: you said. trust? Wikipedia? Right. Or the swamis?
0: Or, or a levitating swami <laughs> in a cave. <laughs> I'm good. Wikipedia, of course. <laughs> um,
1: User generated content.
0: <laughs> so these, so the Vedas were, they're expressions of consciousness. And they reveal and illuminate all the laws of nature. And, and, and the basic gist of it, you know, is there's only one thing in the universe and you're it, it's consciousness. And you're not separate from that consciousness. Now you can start elaborating on that and it can go in many different directions. There's Vedas that have to do with like right now, my, my sort of new interest is Donner Veda, which is the. The Veda of the bow or um, warfare. Bow is okay. bow and arrow. Okay. There's a whole Veda dedicated to that.
1: Is there a Blitzen Veda? A what? Blitzen Veda?
0: That sounds like the name of a reindeer. I know. Well, a donner does
1: too.
0: <laughs> um, okay. Sorry.
1: I'm still on Christmas. I haven't moved on yet. I'm just... Okay, but the you like... Veda
0: that's Very good. See, now we're going to have to re- release this next Christmas. We have okay, to I mean, wait. Re- we have to it's wait Until next
1: Christmas. <laughs> okay, but the Donner Veda. Yeah,
0: yes. the Blitzen Veda. Oh, God. <laughs>
1: Sorry.
0: <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah. So, and then there's there's the mythos. There's the stories. So, okay. a lot of, okay, like um, Rig Veda, for instance, is I've s- heard this. I've heard it. Okay. You know, Rig Veda is. Hold on, let me even see if I can pull it up real quick.
1: Great. So you can
0: kind of hear because it, it, it's it's shocking. I don't know uh, to hear it. It's. Um, is this where
1: we get to do some fancy editing and like edit in a Rig Veda?
0: Maybe. Well, I'm just gonna play it from my iPhone and hope the speaker. Can you hear that? So This yeah. is an old recording. Yeah
1: sarva bhauhma
0: ekalandakoti
1: brahmandana Yaka rishi gana
0: vandya sachidananda
1: atman ragveda priya
0: ragveda se you can sing along if you
1: want. I'm <laughs> refraining. <We're> <Okay. laughs> wow.
0: You get the Is that point. two
1: people singing?
0: It's two people singing, okay. and if you listen to it carefully, you'll hear they're not singing in unison. Oh. There's a tiny, tiny delay. Delay between each one, and they they're doing that on purpose. Okay. To break the symmetry, they don't want symmetry, so breaking the symmetry uh, is very big in India. <laughs> It's a and, and very big in the Vedas, and I'm not even sure why. Um, I have when I initiate people, I have that gold tray that right. I put the offerings on, and it says Jay Gurudeva on it. Now it's tilted, it's like it looks like they made a mistake, but they didn't. That Jay Gurudev is tilted on purpose to break the symmetry.
1: So do you see a lot of things in India that are asymmetrical?
0: Everything is cattywampus in in (laughs) India.
1: Cattywampus are like built in a way that's like the buildings, (laughs) like one side has another window.
0: The the buildings and Vedic architecture is vastu, which is a Veda totally dedicated to architecture. So you have these, these are hymns. And if you listen to them, if you sort of uh, wrote down the, the translation, uh, you would be perplexed because it, it might just sound like they're singing about how much they like fire. You know, I adore Agni, agnimi lay. I adore Agni, and it goes on and on and on. Do you know
1: what that one was about that we just heard?
0: I would have to listen to it a little bit more. Okay. I'm not sure which one that was. I think that was one of the first, the first one, but I didn't hear them say Agni lay. But it is, that is, in, that's the beginning of Rig Veda. I adore Agni. And you think, well, what are these things? I just, I adore fire, but I adore Agni. Agni is consciousness. So there's different layers to the Vedas. There's the, um, and you need, so a pundit, you need like two people. You need a master and you need a pundit. Those two people you heard singing are pundits and they grow up in pundit families and they have to memorize, you know, I don't know how, 26 hours of that. Right. You know, uh, just, just... Is
1: it all very similar, like, pentatonically? Of, yep. Okay.
0: And when you see the kids learning, they're doing this a with a their hand. I'm, I'm kind of gesticulating with my hand. So they'll be like, um, Tri Chanda. Like, they're doing this thing. They do that? They with, do movements, okay. yeah, with their hands, and it helps their body remember. So you got the pundit, but... And they know, they know the whole thing, but they don't know what it all means. Then you need the master. So you need to get the two of them together. So the master can say, well, yes, this means this and this and this. And he can elaborate on the meaning of the Veda. And those Vedas are talking about consciousness and the benefit of, you know, listening to a master speak on on Rig Veda or something like that is to get an insight of how this universe works, what our role in it is, how we're connected with everything. So the Vedas have a lot to say on this. And they're all cognized. These were cognized. You can have, you know, you can get very still and go deep in meditation. And it's possible you can hear that in your meditation. Wow. But it might, it won't be their voice. Right. It might be your voice because that's the filter coming, coming in, but you're, you're cognizing. So Veda, a Vedic master can cognize. The Veda is not finished either. And it's a priori; it's it's before anything, you know. They they say, what is it? The Bible verse: First there was the word." This is the word. The Vedas. Right. The Vedas are always there.
1: Sort of predates the word. It,
0: pre- it predates yeah. the world. Yeah. And
1: this is now. We're going to talk about the Big Bang. Now right. we're then we're going to talk about pre Big Bang. No, just kidding. Big Bang.
0: Well, yeah, Big Bang. Um, uh, is the beginning of, beginning of a creation cycle. There's been lots of Big Bangs. Lots
1: and lots and Is there lots. a Veda about the Big Bang? <laughs> no. How many Vedas are there? Break it down for me. 108. There... That's 108. our standard answer. Oh, oh okay. That's our standard, why is a standard answer when answer? we can't
0: and we don't know the actual number of anything
1: because there are sort of like variations oh oh that's just a general that's, that's like a, a general funny joke thing. that's like an in, guys this is an inside meditation joke it's a joke. Veda joke if anyone asks you anything just give them the right. answer of 100 but have
0: you okay so a lot of a lot of meditators when they begin to meditate they'll either ask about the ringing or buzzing oh hello, oh, hank. hank it's mr hank the dog hank. is coming in he's like i want okay. to hear about this is there a doggy he wanted veda wanted to join
1: us <laughs> is there a puppy veda all right sit down
0: Stop panting. panting. Stop <laughs> uh, oh, Where was I? I don't know. There's the, the
1: 108 is the standard Oh, yeah. Oh, side. yeah. I know what I was going
0: to say. A lot of times meditators, when they first begin meditating, they'll hear a little buzzing sound. Uh, it sounds almost like cicadas. Okay. Or some people might hear a little ringing. And a lot of meditators, when they begin meditating... Begin to think they have tinnitus.
1: Oh, which is interesting. Cicadas are something that often shows up in in like Christianity. Really? Yeah. How? They are like a lot of just the lore. A lot of the stories mm. include cicadas singing, or um, sometimes it's foretelling something.
0: Well, there it is. Yeah. They're not cicadas. So if 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 that is recorded, if someone said, "Well, I heard cicadas and they were foretelling something." What they were really hearing is the shruti, and the shruti is the sound that's 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 the name of that sound. And in that sound, embedded in that sound, are all the Vedas. So, I, I, I'm a I'm a Reddit addict. Really, I'm always on Reddit. Yeah, didn't I know this. Love Reddit, and I've I've been on it for twelve years. It's a it's um it's my my addiction. And are you I,
1: are you? Donner Veda 108. <laughs> yes, exactly. Is that, is, that, 108. is that you? I thought that uh-huh. was you. The other day. <laughs>
0: All those angry comments. <laughs> um, but I, I belong to some of the, sub, the meditation subreddits, mm-hmm. and I kind of lurk on there. Uh, and, and every every week, almost every day, I see a new person say, "I just started meditating last week, and I'm hearing this ringing noise now. Do I have tinnitus?" So even people that even not doing this are kind of hearing this. They're
1: like, oh, I finally took a moment of silence for myself. And I think that it's denied this because I never do that. I never just sit silently. Exactly. But they're wrong, is what you're saying. They're incorrect. It is
0: a thing. It is the sound of... Oh, this is gonna be a little too bewildering, but I'm gonna go with it. Okay. It's it's or I'm gonna try and make it sound like it's because it needs everything needs qualifiers. Like I would need to back up and explain certain things. But so basically, consciousness, consciousness flows within itself, and consciousness knows itself. So that makes sense. Right. Yeah. And so consciousness is one unbounded ocean of consciousness and motion.
1: Oh my God! I fully feel. Awake so- I feel a itself. song is in the works.
0: Yeah, there is a song. <laughs> fully awake within itself, consciousness knows itself. So it's just moving through. There's just currents within this one thing, and when consciousness l- observes itself, observing itself, observing itself, it can't handle another iteration. It bifurcates, and something comes out of the field of pure consciousness. And into the relative field, okay. and it makes a sound, and that's happening trillions and trillions of that times is pretty all around us.
1: Substantial. I mean, that feels important.
0: It, it is. It's officially cray cray. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's the scientific term for it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Hank. All you got to do is <laughs> Hank, use Hank your is opposable
1: like, thumbs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hank is Hank is trying to use his nose <laughs> to, to get a <laughs> the door.
1: Just is, turn the handle, thinking?
0: man. <laughs> so you have so you have Vedas, you know, there's Vedas that are sung. There's Samaveda, which is Veda like that I just played you, Rig okay. Veda. Except they Samaveda
1: and Rig Veda are this are similar? They're
0: very similar, except they have different effects. Like Samaveda is Rig Veda elongated. Through different harmonics or tones, I don't know the word. Okay. But here, shall I?
1: Yes, please.
0: Might as well. Let's see if I have Samaveda. Well, your maybe
1: song. I can. Maybe I can dispel this a little bit. The through different the way that the vocals fuse together, or it's the way that they are different from one another.
0: Well, Samaveda. Let's see if it starts playing.
1: Can you spell that?
0: Hold on. S-A-M-A,
1: Sama. Not Soma. Yeah,
0: no, not Soma. Soma is the flow of consciousness. Sama Veda is the Vedas. Now you'll hear the pundits again. Okay. And this time they're taking each syllable and moving. How do I describe this? So I'm not a music person, but Brianna is. So now I have to embarrass myself. (laughs) So, well, you'll see what they do. And then you can tell me what they're doing. Okay. We just have to wait. We'll just play a snippet.
1: All right. Teaser.
0: That's that's not white noise. It's not the shruti <laughs> that you hear. <laughs> and they fall asleep. You ready, Hank? He's gonna love this. this is just an intro
1: okay
0: they're naming they're naming the parts of the veda okay that they're about to sing okay which parts which section which mandala and then they'll get to the point this is it Wait for it. (laughs) That delay in both of them is a little more pronounced. Okay. So they were saying something like, you know, they're going, uh, ah, they're, they're, Stretching it out, and this has an effect on the physiology. These sounds start to wake up nature's intelligence. When we go on rounding retreats, and you will I will teach you how to round. I rounding, haven't learned how to round. No, ryan hasn't learned how to round yet, but it's an advanced technique that once you learn this, you can do, and it's it's sort of it's like a supercharger meditation. But after we round, we listen to Samaveda, and Samaveda. Helps integrate knowledge. It helps integrate the experience of interfacing with pure being. And it can even cause some stress release. Um, it can make you trip balls, you know, like big time. It can send you to sleep. It can even make you aggravated. But we always listen to it when we're, we're on rounding retreats. We'll listen to it at night. Mm-hmm. And then after we listen to it, we just go back to our rooms and don't say anything, you know. Um, but I love Samaveda. I am crazy about it. First time I heard it, I thought it was super weird, which isn't a bad thing. I don't. I, I like weird, um, but there was something. It's it's kind of to me. It's it's haunting and it's um, so. There's something so. Uh, I don't know. It's very mysterious to me.
1: It is. There's like a resonance in their voices mm-hmm. when they connect. You mm-hmm. know when you're in the shower singing, which. Always. We all do. Mm -hmm. And you can hit that note that hits the shower in a way where it resonates really profoundly, Mm -hmm. other than other notes.
0: What do you sing in the shower? We built this city on rock and roll.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not that. Old free to be
0: you and me songs. That's what I sing.
1: (laughs) I think, honestly, lately, there's a lot of songs we make up for the babies. So those end up like, they're like stuck in my head, I guess. But, um,
0: but yeah, yeah. there's a, there's a resonance, and it's like think about the mantra. When I gave you a mantra, when I first told you the mantra, I'm sure part of you is like, "That's it, right? You know, what What, is it? what am I doing here?" Well, you know? I looked at you
1: like, "Wait, what? Right. Is that it? Is yeah. that yeah?" And then and I then wasn't you, sure that that was right. It. And then you yeah. close your eyes
0: and you're and you're thinking it and you're applying the technique, and suddenly something starts to happen. Yeah, your your mind starts to go deep. You're, you start to forget to think. And it's all based on sound. That sound vibration is vibrating. It's it's resonating with your nervous system in a oh, very specific way. Oh my god! And this is resonating in a completely different way.
1: Is there like a Vedic music supervisor? No. Darn. Okay. <laughs> well, now who there can, is. Now there is. Now who there. can help them connect the dot? I mean, there ha- This is really. This is really cool. How yeah. all of these things are so centered around sound and around... It's all sound. Yeah. All of it is sound. Yeah, but that's how we connect with that greater mm-hmm. force field of, right. of things that and help us feel calm and help us feel Yeah, and relaxed. everything has a sound, and this yeah. is
0: where how Sanskrit came to be. Sanskrit, um, it's said, is the first daughter of nature. It is... Uh, the, the words are a facsimile of the thing... Of the intention, the th- way, how do I say this? Every, everything is intending. Okay. Everything, whether it's Hank, the dog, or fire that you just kindled, or um, I don't know, or a, a gust of wind. So if you have the conscious, their perceptual acuity and conscious receptivity. In other words if you're a vedic master or swami or someone like that you can hear the sounds that nature is making when they're intending to manifest and so sanskrit comes from the the human tongue trying to imitate the sound that fire makes when it's intending to manifest oh. which is agni so agni so sanskrit isn't a symbolic language you know chair is a word that symbolizes the thing i'm sitting on right but Agni is the thing fire is trying to sound like itself. It's the sound it makes when it's intending to manifest. So um so all of these sounds, if you put them in certain orders or sing them in a certain way, they can do things to your physiology. And not only that, when you're in a yagya, a yagya is a fire ceremony. If if you're a total Vedic nerd like me, yagyas are your sex drug and rock and roll. They are the first yagya you you ever go. I I think most people's first yagya is probably one of the most boring, confusing things ever, and then it's all you want to do. Um, but you sit in a circle, you're, there's a fire ceremony, and you're chanting all this Vedic stuff, mantras, things like Did that. Did you
1: know what you were chanting? Like, do they give you a script?
0: No, but a good pundit will, after a while you do. After okay. a while you're like, oh, great, we're doing Lakshmi now, okay. and you know the Lakshmi mantra because you've been you know, um, doing yagyas at sunrise, by the ganges for you know a long time but the first time it's very it's very disorienting and very confusing but those sounds depending on the yagya can actually restructure or rearrange your karma so let's say you're born with uh, you know i don't know you, you we have certain astrological charts and everybody has their strengths and weaknesses and you might find that a period a cycle is coming up. Maybe there's a malefic planet placed in, not so well in your chart. And he's about to run a maha dasha main cycle or an Antar dasha secondary cycle. Um, and things aren't looking so good.
1: You're in for a rough ride.
0: Time to order a Yagya. Call up a Panditji or, you know, and, and get this Yagya for whatever it is, Saturn or Rahu or whatever. And... And it can keep you safer. In other words, averting the danger that has not yet come. And so those those sounds are actually restructuring, because where's the karma? It's in your DNA. So it can restructure the DNA. This is deep stuff. And also it's like, I don't expect anyone to believe this. <laughs> anyone. <laughs> but the funny thing is It is does, it is
1: a. it feels far fetched.
0: Right. It, which is which is why we're very careful about You know, the the saying that I've told you, the wise do not bewilder the ignorant. Right. We don't want to bewilder people, but you and I have to pretend that to some extent, if people found this podcast, there's worthy inquiry. Right. We don't want to go too far, but we don't want to be too conservative either because uh, there are people here who want to hear this or who want to just get the sense of what's going on with the Vedas and the connection between Vedic knowledge, Vedic meditation, sound, all this stuff. So your question was what are the Vedas and all this? It's I mean, an oak tree. It's so it's all over the place.
1: 101 Oak Trees. It's a hundred
0: and, 108, 108. Sorry. Oak Trees. They're, I'm thinking
1: Dalmatians. 108 <laughs> Oak Trees.
0: 108 Dalmatians would have been the Vedic <laughs> Disney, version Disney movie. And 108 is very big as well in the Vedas. And if I were a mathematician I could probably tell you why, but there's but for some, you know just as a peak there's 108 sounds. Okay. Uh, in Sanskrit, there are, there's some planetary stuff like uh, the sun is 108 suns away from the earth. Mm. The moon is 108 moons away from the earth. The sun is 108. I have a whole list somewhere. Is this real?
1: Stuff.
0: Yeah. This I This mean, is like
1: golden you know, ratio Right. Thing? But we have
0: to remember their thing, there is some distancing. It's like, okay. I would say the average. Okay. You know. But the sun is pretty big. You're not going to, it's not going to go over one or two. Right. You know, so, and, and and 108 goes on and on. It's one of those great internet wormholes that people can go down. Yeah. You know, Google. I'm thinking
1: golden ratio. That's like where you see in yeah. a lot of plant life on earth mm-hmm. and like this perfect systematic thing that occurs yeah. across various. I think there's a
0: subreddit for the golden organisms. ratio. Okay. Like, um, it's something like unintentional golden ratio and you see pe- like you see girls like in like like little uh cocktail dresses at bars like bending over puking and then they apply the golden ratio <laughs> the di- you know the diagram
1: so if you see donna veda 108 <laughs> commenting on <laughs> posting <of> a <that> photo <laughs> i just love it it's this. actually tao <laughs> or like two homeless people
0: brawling and they put and it's like actually matches where you see but i but i can so see that funny. i
1: like there are there is repetition in things. There is There's pattern. Well and yeah. and sound itself, like the resonation of sound, is also guilty of that. It replicates that.
0: <laughs> it's I can't resonation think of any- a word.
1: <laughs> I don't no. know. I, I used the word gription the other day and Adam was like, um Gription? Not a word. That's what
0: Trump would say if he was like <laughs> you know, uh, if he was a roadie. <laughs> If he was like setting up mics,
1: <laughs> but it makes sense, right? You know what I mean. I know something what you has gription. Yeah, it's
0: like Sription. it should be a word. Yeah, I'll give. I'll give okay, I don't know if it's a, a. I don't know if it's the sound of something intending, but maybe it is. But here's an example. By let's go back to that. Okay. So when when we do teacher training, <clears throat> you know, you do all this stuff, and then you 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 know, at the very end, the last thing that happens is you. Uh, get the mantras before you graduate
1: all the mantras 108 of them
0: and uh and often well my teacher always said this you know it's always funny you know someone always cognizes them before you get them because you're doing all this rounding all this meditation three (laughs) months you know and one of those months is 14 hours a day
1: very intense
0: Bazonkers! It's yeah. really fun. I wish I could <laughs> Bazonkers,
1: I could. also not a word. That's a word. No. Okay. Bazonkers is
0: a word. <laughs> um, and uh, and so I, I didn't really believe that, but the day before I graduated, my my dear friend and amazing meditation teacher, Laura Poole, who's become one of the, the giants of our community. She's just amazing. She, we were rounding on the beach, and she and and my, also our friend Ch- Charlie Cowling, who was there too, and and she said, "Let's guess each other's mantras." And Charlie's like, "I don't want any part of this because you're not supposed to tell each other." <laughs> right. And she's like, "We're going to find out anyway tomorrow. Like we're graduating this kind of thing." And uh, and I was like, "I didn't like the sound of it either. I didn't know what was what was. She was unstressing. I don't know. <laughs> she was like in a mood." Wait,
1: I love this story, and I so get her.
0: Yeah. And she, she, was. it was very funny. Charlie didn't want any part. He was like, I'm going to round over here. And he picked up his yoga mat. <laughs> and she looked at me, and she's, and she's Australian. She goes, come on, babe. Guess mine. And I just said the first thing that came out to my mouth, and she turned white as a ghost.
1: Oh, my God. And I guessed
0: her mantra. And, and I was kind of freaked out by it. She was more freaked out by it, because I don't think she'd ever heard anyone say it out loud. Yeah. Um, but it was one of those very, okay. very weird things yeah. you get into a certain consciousness state and you have access to this stuff yeah our consciousness state was for the mantras we were we were getting ready to get them anyway yeah i don't know what that's all
1: so there's 108 to. mantras maybe it's oh, okay maybe
0: there is maybe there is not telling
1: all right well we don't know for sure
0: there's yeah that's that's our standard i'm gonna get because, the inside scoop because the the real quick the real, que- the real answer is, it depends. Okay. And it's hard to explain that unless you go to teacher training.
1: And you did explain once that the day you got them, you couldn't sleep all night.
0: No, I didn't sleep. Or the night,
1: that night. Well, you,
0: you have to memorize them. You have 108 days to memorize them. That's, I'm not kidding. <laughs> okay. And then you, it's the only time you can write them down. And so we had them written down, and then you have to rip them up and throw them in a body of water. It's what we do. So I, you know, mine, mine got... Huh? You know, I
1: sounds like littering. It is okay.
0: Yes, but they were they were written on ancient um, rice parchments.
1: Okay, which there. goes away. I'm just All kidding. Right. Oh. They were, it was like
0: mead notebook paper. So, oh so no! I'm sure a fish is gagging on a <laughs> gagging on a mantra right now. Um, but a yeah, I, fish. Yeah, <laughs> <I'm sorry>. always <laughs> under eight fish. So I because they were in my head, I couldn't sleep. I was just repeating them. Cause I didn't want to forget them. And the more you repeat them, I got into a cycle and I was up all night in a rice barn, an old rice barn in Bali. And the sun came up and I kind of staggered outside without any sleep. And I saw again, my friend Charlie, who was on the beach with us. And he said, I was up all night thinking about
1: Charlie, the one on the right side of history. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Um, so yeah. And
1: he but he also had experience. He was doing the same, the same thing. thing. Yeah.
0: Said, I said he said he was up all night with, with just thinking the mantras and couldn't stop thinking them. Yeah. So and then there's mythos, you know, the Mahabharata, the Ramayana, different um different books or verses on deities or or stories, things like that, that are also considered Vedas. And they're, you know, the Mahabharata. Means it's an epic tale about a world war in India, and Krishna is in it. Um, Krishna is one of the main characters, not not the main, but he he plays a pretty big part. And the Bhagavad Gita, which most people have heard about, are the central chapters to that story. Okay, and this is one of the most thrilling, amazing stories I've ever. read. It's my favorite book I've ever read, hands down. Nothing can touch it. And 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 I have to say.
1: Did you read it in English? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I I I, I don't know how to speak.
1: Okay. I, I
0: do I pick up some Sanskrit but Yeah. um but it's I yeah that <laughs> that's a tall order. <laughs> I, I would yeah and so there's a translation and the transla- the proper translation to get is Ramesh Menon. Okay. Ramesh Menon's translation of the Bhagavad Gita and always I have to say this because you start with volume 1 not 2. Trust me on this one. I don't know why people start with volume two, but sometimes they do.
1: Maybe it's like more readily available.
0: I think they just make a mistake when ordering from Amazon. Yeah. <clears throat> but mythos, so you have this story and there's different layers to it. You can read it for the Karma-con layer, which is the story, the, the relative field, the, the plot. Okay. Driven part of the story. But it's all representative of how consciousness works. It's representative of nature. So when you're reading this, you're actually reading all about how nature works, but you think you're reading a plot, a story about people. But what else is going in is the knowledge of the universe. It's like a Trojan horse almost. Yeah. The horse is the plot, but inside all the soldiers are uh, Vedic knowledge. Right. So even reading...
1: Or the... What's... Oh, my gosh. The white whale, the...
0: Moby Dick. Moby
1: Dick, right? Mobs. Yeah. All- <laughs> Are we calling him mobs? Like him it's Mopes. it's sort of the because we have nothing. The we're... metaphor is so profound that it's just you're understanding it without even. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and it's one of those things that I I encourage my advanced students to read. You know, once you've been meditating a year, mm-hmm. when people start asking what else is there, mm-hmm. I point them to this book mm-hmm. because you start reading this and it's just.
1: I mean, you told me about it on the third day, but who's oh, counting? It's
0: so good. It's so good. I mean, it's all... It's all sex and violence. Yeah.
1: Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Really? Not what I thought you were going to say. And the
0: best sex and the best violence. Really?
1: Yeah. Interesting. I thought it would be all about... I, I mean, I reading books like Siddhartha, I thought it would be more like... Well, so, Siddhartha, is Siddhartha is a very has... dignified
0: story. Yeah. It's a beautiful book. Yeah. And, but there's, there's so much... It's I don't know what it's there's it's just dignified. Yeah, Mahabharata is wild. Okay, it's um it's wild and some of the most beautiful um, descriptions of sexual encounters are in that book. When one of the characters, this woman, uh, makes love with different deities. Okay, and it's just it's That's... mind it's mind blowing. It's wow. so beautiful. And you'd think like this Ramesh Manan, this is English as his third language, which it becomes even more difficult to believe. No one writes like him. So that's an entirely other different kind of Veda. Okay. So different things are derived from the Veda, including Vedic meditation. Okay. And Vedic meditation is, is very old, but it's had to be recognized several different times. I'm like... <clears throat> my mind just fell on or my eyes just fell on confederacy of dunces up on the bookshelf. <laughs> yes. It's a very, it makes me happy. Um, so yeah. So Vedic meditation, you can also call it Nishkam karma yoga. Nishkam right. karma yoga means unity achieved without really doing anything at all. You know, Nishkam karma. Yoga is union. Karma is action. Nishkam is hardly, hardly doing anything. You're hardly doing anything at all, and you're achieving unity. My kind of meditation.
1: Do less, accomplish more. Do nothing, accomplish everything.
0: Exactly. Wow.
1: Yeah. Well, there there is the story, and I don't know where this fits into the timeline, but you had mentioned that at one point there was a division or there was a separation of the knowledge from the practice.
0: Well, no. There's never the, been a, a division from the knowledge and the practice, but there was... This was...
1: <clears throat> fake news. Yeah, where do I start?
0: No, 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 no. Well, there's a lot, and, and it's it's hard to...
1: With, so there, no, I so know th- that there was some kind of invasion and they wanted to protect yes. the information. Okay,
0: yeah. That's a good place to go back to. So in our tradition... There is uh, a rishi named Shukadeva. Okay. And the mythos behind it is he was a spiritual parrot who turned into a real boy. A little, it's like Vedic Pinocchio. Okay. <laughs> except he's, he's a parrot. Uh, Shukadeva, and he was the son of Vyasa. Vyasa is um, credited for dividing the Vedas, writing them down, organizing them, writing the Brahma Sutras. He was the author of. The Mahabharata, and um, and and he was a householder. He had, you know, children, wife, that kind of thing. Now his son Shukadeva, during meditations, he saw. He started having visions of invasions of India, and he realized that he just wasn't envisioning something. It was real. He was seeing the future. He was cognizing what was going to happen to India, which was thousands of years of invasions so they wanted to protect this knowledge and they want to protect this technique so they they uh, sort of reorganized the culture and and i don't i don't i don't know the specifics here of course okay. but um, i think he basically organized the the hermits in the himalayas and started sort of a monastic order okay and the vedic culture shifted into a more monastic order where out, out of the householder to protect it. So you had, you know, um, some old dude with a long beard high up in the Himalayas in a cave. If people invade, who's going to want to go up there and kill him? You know, the first thing invaders do is they destroy anything precious to the culture. That's how you successfully invade. Right. Is destroy what's precious. So if they were to go up high in the Himalaya, Himalayas, and there's a man with a beard in just a loincloth, and he's sitting around going, "I adore Agni," they're just going to be like,
1: "What do we come up here for?" Right. There's nothing here. There's not a temple we can knock down. There's not a democracy that we can
0: dismantle <laughs> so, <right>. systematically.
1: <laughs>
0: so, um, so then it shifted, and 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 then the the Vedas was has always been passed down orally. So you teach. You know, the mother begins the education. The mother teaches the children the Vedas, and then the father takes over the education, I think, when they're 13, something 12 or 13, something like that. So this was lost and recognized several times. But basically, um, uh, Guru Dev, who is my teacher's teacher's teacher, Swami Brahmananda Saraswati, our master from whom we have this meditation, he became the Shankaracharya. <clears throat> the the sorry, I should back up. The British outlawed Shankaracharyas. Okay. They they hid this and said, Well, when the invasions are over, we'll bring this back out. So in 1937, I believe that was the year, during the Kumbh Mela.
1: Recently. Gr-
0: re- recently. Yeah. Guru Dev or Swami Brahmananda Saraswati was chosen to be Shankaracharya and to fill a seat that had been vacant since the British invaded and colonized them.
1: and things were
0: yes and now the british were leaving (laughs) Mm -hmm. so it was safe to to start teaching again start bringing this knowledge back to put a shankaracharya back in jyotir math high in the himalayas where i've been by the way it's kind of amazing there so uh he guru dev um he uh he became shankaracharya very interesting you know in 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 talent shows you know if you ever see in talent they don't really do them anymore, but they, if you can think about an old movie, a talent show in an old movie, everybody does their, you know, whatever, juggling or singing. And then the master of ceremonies, remember, holds like a white handkerchief over each one and whoever gets the most applause is the winner of the talent show.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. Is that how they did it?
0: It's sort of reverse. Okay. Kumbh mela, 80 million people. Crazy. Millions of people. And they put their hand over them, and whoever gets the most silence becomes Shankaracharya.
1: Oh. So
0: you have 80 million people that got to Gurudev holding their silence. Not a peep was heard for like 20 minutes. That's pretty profound. I like that. And then he became Shankaracharya. He got in and basically said, all right, invasions are over. It's time to start teaching this again. And he began teaching it. And then when he... Dropped his body, or right before he dropped his body, he he told, and Maharishi, dropped his
1: body means dying. But we uh, don't no, a...
0: because we don't die. Okay, your body does, but you don't. You are not your body. So when we talk about Bob, we can say body death. Okay, that's that's a little easier. So when he dropped his body, uh, he had he had said this in so many words to Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. And then Maharishi um, began to teach. It took him a couple of years for certain things I won't get into. We'll save that for another podcast, but it's an amazing story. Um, Oh, yeah. I love this. What delayed him. It's going to be an entire podcast, but we should devote a podcast to him starting from uh, because Guru Dev, I think they were in Calcutta, I believe, or in Varanasi. I don't remember, but he called his close circle into this room. There's about 13 people there and he basically went you do this 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 and he looked at Maharishi and said and you you speak english and then he looked at everybody pulled his legs up into lotus position died just dropped his body fell over dying pandemonium you know jaws on the ground that was it so one of those podcasts we're going to start there i'm going to tell you the story of how how the how the, the movement, the TM movement was born and 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 what happened to Maharishi from that point and how it started getting into the minds of, and hearts of all the people in the world.
1: You because know, they are very similar. They're very, they're
0: very similar. So Maharishi Mahesh Yogi taught a lot of initiators. Initiator is what I am. I'm an initiator of Vedic meditation. I initiate people's practice into... Meditation, you know, saying I'm a meditation teacher is easier, but Maharishi liked to call us initiators. So there was a through this movement, um, the TM organization was was built and created with the idea that, you know, let's teach uh, as many people as we can to meditate. The more people you teach, the better that is for the collective. And we can bring the world out of these dark ages of ignorance So that was going well.
1: When would you say it was going well?
0: 60s, Okay, like when the Beatles
1: visited. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Although that was kind of like, imagine like having a party, like a a party that starts at six and ends at two in the morning. Yeah. You've had those before. Yeah. Like at Silver Lake or whatever. Now imagine in one of those half hours, some just crazy celebrities showing up.
1: Yes. The Beatles A Beach Boy yeah, Mia Farrow stuff yeah, yeah All sorts of
0: things And then they leave
1: Yeah
0: A lot of people Are going to remember That half hour But a lot happened In the entire party right. So this is one Very specific time That happened In the beginning Of 1968 The Beatles Had learned And they came To India Along with Beach Boys Along yeah. with um, uh, Mia Farrow. What's his name You know He was saying Barabajagal. What's his uh,
1: Oh Oh um, um, you know, oh my God! Mellow yellow, him. Wait, so don't say it because what? Donovan. Donovan. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> That's the
0: worst. The worst. So, uh, so, my teacher, uh, Tom Knowles, was instructed by Maharishi Mahesh He went to India and he and he was there for a while and be and sort of um, you know became uh you know he was he he became close with maharishi in that he was you know in his little circle where he would go up to his house at night and with with the with other like a small group of people have lectures he would travel the world with him he you know he was in a way his secretary and right-hand man for some time there were several people who had that job he was very close with maharishi and uh and then at some point I would, I, and I won't go into this because this this is for another, again another time. Um, but he was, oh, I would say graduated, graduated. And and Tom was teaching in Australia at the time, and uh, and and basically there was some misunderstanding of of you know Maharishi was basically saying do whatever you want, you don't have to check with me anymore, you know that's the short of it, like you 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 know you this have or, the knowledge you know this or you don't yeah do you know it did you get it and tom did so he went on to teach but he it was at a, it was at a time where you know the the tm organization was he felt I should I I have to be careful here for legal reasons because I don't want to I don't want um say anything that's that's out of out of bounds but it, Tom, what what Maharishi taught Tom, was not in alignment from his perspective. Okay, uh, with what the TM organization was doing, it, it seemed like they were in a, going in a different direction that was at odds with what his master told him. Yeah, and he much preferred to stick with his master. Yeah, he adored Maharishi. So uh, a so lot of people did. I a mean, a lot of people did, yeah. and I know. A lot of people who knew Maharishi, and it's uh, it's painful to listen to, and the pain comes from not being able to know, because if you hear personal uh, stories of people who were with Maharishi, it's it it almost makes you jealous. Yeah. So, um, so Tom Tom went his own way, and TM Organization um, uh, they they didn't like that, but. But the difference is, is, is uh, I should say what the similarity is, is I teach exactly what Maharishi taught Tom to teach and how to teach it. Okay. There were some changes that happened in the TM organization. Like they, um, a lot went on recordings. So a lot of times if you go learn with TM, you're taught through recordings of Maharishi, things like that. But there's some, there's some differences. Mm-hmm. And, and I am of the path from Tom, and what Maharishi taught him. So, uh, but we, you know, we do the same as TM. We There's puja, mm-hmm. there is. That's the ceremony uh, that's the of ceremony. initiation. But yeah, if if, if you if anyone teaches you TM or Vedic knowledge and they don't do a puja. Run. Run, don't do it. You're, you're being robbed of an experience. And it's very important to say that because I know people who don't do puja and they think, well, what's the big deal? These are people who have failed to understand how powerful that ceremony is and the connection it has with the tradition this comes from. It is, uh, I don't get it. I don't get why anybody would do that. I know, And people, that's
1: why you don't do things over zoom. You don't, I don't teach yeah. over
0: zoom. I don't, um, uh, I am, I'd like to be as pure as possible. And Maharishi talked about the purity of the teaching and the purity of purity of the teaching isn't there to confine us or restrain us. It's there to preserve the knowledge Mm -hmm. so that because this knowledge is gonna get lost, it's inevitable. It is inevitable. It happens all the time, and then it has to be recognized several hundred years or a couple thousand years later. So I can aid in the disintegration of this knowledge in, in 2021, or I could be someone who preserves it. I'm a Vishnu guy. I'm going to preserve. Mm-hmm. I am all about the purity, and there's some, you know, people complain about. Well, I, it's it's not practical to teach four days. We should teach three days. All this stuff. It's like, well, you know, do you know better than Maharishi? No, you don't. <laughs> Period. <laughs> the end. But there sorry, something... <laughs> colleagues who are listening to this, but <laughs> it's the truth. If, as soon as you think that that um, you're going to innovate. What he did, you are way out of the league. And I went out. I have a lot of reverence for my teacher, Tom, for his teacher, Maharishi Yogi, Mm -hmm. and for his teacher, Swami Brahmananda Saraswati. I have reverence for the tradition, I have reverence for um, the technique, the Vedas, and I have devotion to my students. And I think a lot of people are a little worried sometimes about that first day of meditation class mm-hmm. because there is something is kind of secretive about it. what's going to happen and a secret word, all this kind of stuff. But when you get there, it's kind of casual. There's something kind of really nice about it. Yeah. I mean, it's a little like, you know, he's got something set up and there's incense burning. <laughs>
1: and
0: it, did I get the right fruit? <laughs> um, but I have so much reverence for the knowledge. Here, here's the thing. I, I, I talk to a lot of new initiators, um, I like new initiators because I like sort of secretly mentoring them, I guess in a way that they don't know they're being mentored mm-hmm. and uh, and it's it's tough sometimes to walk into this and see all of these people who have doing or who have been doing who have been teaching this all over the world like me and thinking they, ha- they have they haven't even maybe they've had two students right and I remember what you know when I started, I looked at all these other and think like God, these people are so enlightened. How am I ever going to even compete? Yeah. You know, or you might have issues with self-confidence, but, but what I relied on, and I don't have a lot of issues with self-confidence, but I, I guess I was <laughs> timid in yeah. that sense. Like, what if I
1: fuck it up? Yeah.
0: You know, but I don't, I And mean, this is what I tell new initiators. You don't even have to believe in yourself. All you have to do it the training takes over. Right. Do you like believe- the mantra takes over. Yes. It's- do you believe in the technique? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Everyone who becomes an initiator believes in this technique and and the efficacy of it 100% even if they don't believe in themselves. Yeah. And all you have to do during teaching is to believe in the technique. Who cares about yourself?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Whatever. You know, you know how to do puja. You pass puja. You know all this other stuff. All you have to do, What well, you, you're an expert in teaching people to move beyond thought. That's my expertise. That's what I do. I cannot help you in a lot of er- other areas <laughs> in life, but I can help you move beyond thought and, and, and help you guide your physiology to a state that's much deeper than sleeping. Yeah. So that you're happier and more creative and more energetic and you'll probably live longer because
1: of it. And there are sort of two, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to say schools of thought, but this is something that we'll discuss in the next Podcasts that we are going to do with michael yes have done with michael um basically there are people who are yearning for the just like the life change where it's like oh i want to be a calmer person i want to approach things mm-hmm. with a cooler disposition or i just want to look better you know whatever it is yeah. that whatever or there's the people who who think i want is that enlightenment you think, because you want it to look better That's why I started. I was like, is this going to improve my collect? (laughs) (laughs) What's this called? What's this? What's your (laughs) face?
0: Not complexion.
1: My collection of complexion. Um, Yeah. I think that, and then the other, the other half of that being that, or the other side of that being that some people really want to find enlightenment and they Mm -hmm. want to find like seek these answers for things. Yeah and that's really interesting because it's available like both are there.
0: Mhm. yeah, it's all available. It remind there's a there's a Stephen King book called Tom the Tommy Knockers and it's this great <laughs> premise where this guy's hiking around in Maine. Of course it's Maine. Yeah. And he trips over a tiny little metal thing that's sticking out of the ground maybe an inch. Like a shiny metal thing. Kind of hurts his toe, you know. What's this? And he starts digging around it and it's like it's very smooth and he spends the entire story and stephen king so there's like you know four thousand pages yeah sort of this thick book and the, and the thing is an absolutely enormous flying saucer huge and that's and, and that reminds me a little bit of this practice we come in for well i want lower blood pressure right i want to sleep again i don't want to yell at my kids um, I want to, I've been sad now for 20 years. I just want something else other yeah. than sad. So great. Where's your fruit and flowers? Cool. You've been with me? Okay, great. Here's your, <laughs> her, you know, hapa <laughs> vitra, you start Buckle being initiated. Up. Yeah. And then, um, and that is the little thing sticking out. And as they continue to meditate, it's like excava- it's like there's an excavation going on. I love that word. You like the word excavation? Yeah, it's a great word. It's, it is a good word. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so you start excavating. And what are you excavating yourself? What are you throwing away? What's the dirt? Anything that isn't you.
1: Yeah. And what or you're... doesn't serve you in a way that's helpful. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: Um, so you're releasing things that don't serve you. You're finding out yourself. You're not, it's not like you're finding something different. You don't gain enlightenment ultimately you don't gain enlightenment you um you reveal it you reveal it through this process of letting go of stresses through and and in the beginning it's like oh i'm really liking this Mm -hmm. i sleep better i'm sleeping at eight hours again i'm not mad when i'm in traffic uh i kind of feel happy you know everything seems nice all this stuff and then three years later you're like oh, I'd love to come to your birthday party but I'm going to a yagya
1: <laughs> you know
0: and I think that what's funny is that's what people are afraid of right that's it they're like I don't want to do this because I don't want to start wearing white and crystals and then and change my name go to India and start well, throwing so I into a I wasn't a fire. afraid
1: of that but I was I was we're, and we're going to have to talk about this on our next podcast like in one or two podcasts I was Wondering, I'm like, what's the deal with this? Because i had heard things about TM. I'd heard things about, you know, just it felt very sequestered in a way or very. Yeah. Um, well, they, they just do things. I think.
0: I was this, concerned. This I, my, I was like,
1: is it a cult? Is this right, like. Right. Well, yeah. My, my
0: personal opinion is that what TM suffers from is a branding issue. Mm-hmm. and And I'm saying that not as a TM teacher, but as a brander. Because I come from branding. Yeah. I was a copywriter that, that was trained, without even knowing I was being trained, by the masterful Eric Ryan, who started Method, uh, home care products. Yeah, um, A dear friend of mine, and also just, he taught me everything I knew about branding. Um, it's a branding issue, you know? There, there's no, they're not caught, uh, my sense is that they're not caught up yet. There's, uh, there's a shell it's like the dry skin of a snake. Skin's dry, it's time, to, it's time to remove it, slough it off, because that has nothing to do with, you don't want to preserve the exterior, you want to preserve the thing itself, the heart of it. Mm-hmm. And I think they're a little, um, I don't know, I mean, it just seems they're a little, like I, I walked into a TM center once, it was like walking into a dentist's office. You know, and and times are changing, which shouldn't change is the actual technique and the way it's taught. Yeah. But um, but a lot of Vedic meditators, people are responding to them because there's so much love and enthusiasm around it. Instead of dentist office. Yeah. Um, but you now, hear
1: things like guru. You hear words that sure. can, that historically have sometimes not been a positive association.
0: Abs- absolutely. Yeah. In a cult, and and this in this all all sort of. We we can go and we'll, we'll. You'll give us the here.
1: Cliff's Notes and then we'll dive in yeah, next time. because
0: yeah. I because you know this. I, I love cults. Yes, Not love <laughs> as in like, you know, I'm, I want to start one, which maybe I do, but I, you know, like people like true crime. Right. I don't know what it is. I just am it, fascin- you like cults, like I like
1: the British baking show. Right. Just I'm fascinated pure by cults. Fa- yeah, and I think
0: what I'm fascinated by is you know everyone blames the guru of whatever the cult is. And it's not that the guru, the cult guru, is without blame, but every single person has a responsibility. Yeah, and people have to agree to be in the cult. So it there's 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 an agreement. But isn't
1: there like brainwashing that happens? Yeah, isn't there like you
0: you you know, right? Have you
1: seen? Well, they say that certain people are way more susceptible because they're searching for like right. that, this, and, and that is yeah. true, and that is true, and, yeah. and they are being.
0: They are being manipulated advantage. Yeah, they're yeah. Being manipulated, and they're being, um, what's the word? Uh, they're being, well, I can't think of, them. but,
1: but there are indicators of a cult there. It's yeah. like, yeah. what are those? Well, they, yeah.
0: But so they're being, Oh no, I got to think of this word. What is it? They're no, manipulated.
1: Uh, they're being taken advantage of. They're being,
0: yeah, I can't, I don't know. For some reason, my mind is like dead, but I, I will tell you this, okay? As a te- as a teacher of something that could be a cult, if you want, you know, if you wanted to make this like into take a cult, advantage of the situation. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. You, you, you totally can. Um, I see people. So, and, and this ties into what a cult is. Cults teach dependency, right? Um, you can't say, "Well, cults just have a charismatic leader." It's like, well, you know that's that's a little too thin Mm -hmm. um that's true but that's not what makes a cult exploiting that's what that's what i they exploit their students or whatever yes
1: that's the word cults exploit
0: manipulate and exploit uh their followers yeah they teach dependency um some people say well you're you know paying for knowledge it's like you, you it's about money so it must be a cult well, then every university is a cult. Right. You know, you're paying for knowledge there. Um, it's just that it's, this is knowledge about consciousness. But cults mainly have mostly to do with uh, dependency. Mm-hmm. I have the answers. They'll say, you don't trust me. And they'll also say, don't trust your senses.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let me tell right. you. Don't
1: trust yourself. Rely don't on trust me. yourself yeah. or
0: your senses. And what's funny is Trump just said that. He said that, like I think, last year or two years ago. There's an actual quote where he said, "Don't, don't believe, don't trust." What don't you believe see your eyes media. and ears. Yeah, yeah, that's cult talk. Yeah, he wants people to do. And he also said, um, "If you're a Trump supporter, sorry, sorry, I've, you're I've... <laughs> listening to the wrong podcast. Wrong podcast." But it, it's true. He said these. He said these things. This is. Yeah. This is not. This is not there's there's actual recording. This is not I've heard them. This is not things that are hearsay. Um, and he also said only I can solve these problems. In so many words, I have the answers. No one else can do this except me. That kind of stuff. That's cult behavior. Uh, any kind of dependency. Mm-hmm. So, so so when people ask if this is a cult, well, what I teach is self-reliancy. Yeah. Now it's okay to be dependent for a while. It's okay. Kids are dependent on their moms. They have to be dependent on their moms. Um, we have to be dependent on, on our parents. And through the course, you are kind of dependent on the teacher. But really, really, you learn the whole thing in the first 15 minutes. And then those follow-up days is more about integration. Mm. Um, and and um, uh, But the whole point of meditating is self reliance What does it mean to go deep within? It means... All the answers are within you. Fulfillment is within you. And what I'm hopefully teaching my students is that fulfillment and the answers to everything are not outside of themselves, but inside. I don't have the answers. I'm initiating a life where you have the answers Mm -hmm. inside you and where you can find them. So when people are worried if this is a cult, if it is, it's the worst cult in the world because... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm you know I, I it's a it's a one time fee I'm yeah. not asking you to pay all the time you learn and and a transaction done yeah. and then I give you a lifetime of free follow up if you want it
1: well I like I think there is like I said earlier that association with gurus being someone that can take advantage of versus in this tradition mm-hmm. it's more like and they do and they do yeah. and, and that's really sad mm-hmm. um, but it's from what I can tell over the last six months of you know learning this that gurus in this tradition really want to help people
0: yeah guru is uh a, the a remover of darkness yes a teacher yeah someone who is removing ignorance and and i don't think you would find any any me or any of my colleagues are none of us are self-proclaimed gurus
1: yeah
0: i've been called a guru before i've been called guruji by an indian woman you know i taught her and everything was okay guruji It was really sweet, but um, I would never, ever tell other people that I'm a guru. Right. I also had someone else call me a guru, but it it was because- You would never
1: like self-proclaim- No. Yeah.
0: No. Uh, This one guy in India was trying to sell me a mala that was $1,000. So he was calling me. He's like, you have to, you're a guru. And I'm like, no. (laughs) We both know that I'm not a guru. (laughs) Gurus are real, true gurus are hard to come. Yeah. They're very rare. Um and and when you find one, you generally know it. When you
1: And they're probably in my wild imagination, the most modest of anyone.
0: They're very they're very here's here some signs. They're gonna be modest. Yeah. Um although, you know, it's funny because there's like like Maharishi had some vanity. Yeah. But it was cute. It wasn't vanity like I don't know, like the president of the United States. It was There's something kind of endearing about it, Um, and so gurus will always have their quirks. But uh, but gurus are they'll there there will be a modesty. There will also be a sense of humor. Mm -hmm. If you find a guru who's too serious, maybe they're not there yet. Yeah, you know Maharishi. They used to call him the the laugh. He would laugh a lot. Yeah, all the time, especially early in the career. He'd go up to talk and he couldn't stop laughing. Um, uh, it's there's that's someone to trust. Yeah. Giggling gurus, they know something. Um, and if they're not helping students become self sufficient, uh, run. In fact, that goes for everything. So if you're in a relationship where someone is trying to make you dependent, you're in a cult. Mm -hmm. Plain and simple. Yeah. If someone's like, Oh, you know, you can't, you're in a relationship with someone saying, well, um,
1: you can't no do this one loves me. you.
0: yeah, I'm the yeah. only one who loves you and, and you're gonna be lost without me. Pack your bags and run. Yeah, uh, don't look back. That's a cult. Um, pa- parents do this to kids. Uh, people in relationships do it to each other, to all, all that stuff. Yeah. You, you want to find someone who is helping you become self-sufficient and teaching you that everything you need is inside. That's the, that's the lesson.
1: Well, that that's good knowledge right there.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I do want to talk about the guy from Oregon and that weird cult. But we'll talk about that later. Uh, because, uh, you know, that's what uh, I think people imagine. Right, All the because people it makes in purple. Great,
0: it, it's great Netflix watching. Yeah.
1: You know, you know some people just want right. to feel They want to belong. Yeah. Yeah. But what I like about this is, you know, I've never been to a group meditation. So I don't know. But I like that mm. I can just do this on my own yes yeah Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right well thanks thanks for coming and sitting in this office and
0: thank you thank you brian thank you hank
1: thank you hank for hosting (laughs) all right
0: all right jay guru dave
1: Bye. bye bye For information on Vedic meditation, please visit teobarkhart.com. Slouching Towards Enlightenment is produced by the Moon Recording Company, executive produced by Teo Barkhart and Brian Rose. Our theme music is Supplicant Song by Fredo Viola.